you're tuning into the High Performance Path podcast, and I'm your host, Alex. If you want to increase your productivity, enhance your mental performance, hack your sleep, and build a bulletproof body, then you're in the right place. Get ready as we dive into interviews with performance coaches, business owners, and health professionals to find out their daily routines, habits, and movement practices. All right, let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Um, you're either listening to this on one of two uh, podcast channels. So my name's Reese, uh, and I'm from well, I'm one of the hosts for the Connect and Rise podcasts. And my name's Alex. I'm from the High Performance Path podcast. So as Reese said, you're either listening to this episode on one of two podcasts because this is going to be a little bit of a different format for myself and I think for you, Reese. Yeah, completely new. So. Um, we're sort of we're gonna we're gonna share the audio for this one um, and just sort of try and have an open discussion um, on a on a common topic. So, what's the topic we're going to talk about, mate? So, this episode's going to be around mental health. Yep, awesome. So, um, we're going to try and keep it specific to um, our experiences with mental health. Um, we both think it's a, a it's a really important topic, um, and I guess the 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 broad topic of mental health in general has sort of brought us together um, and we just want to have a, you know, an open discussion about it. Um, from my perspective, I don't think it's, you know, two guys sitting down talking about mental health in general um, is not something that's, you know, spoken about too often. Um, and I think more needs to come of it. So what an opportunity to yeah, do it. Definitely. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. We've had this plan for a little while now, so I'm really excited. We've actually started to, um, start this episode and yeah it's going to be really good yeah so i sure. know i know you're an advocate for mental health race yep. do you want to start um telling the listeners a little bit why that is maybe start with kind of maybe your experiences or a experience yeah yeah for sure so um i think growing up for me mental health was never like an awareness of mine like it was never sort of on the radar um for the majority of my life, I'd say. Um, and I got to be 20, 21 years of age and, and had some experiences mostly through work, my work at the time, um, which, which sort of brought my awareness to mental health in general. I guess prior to that, um, the focus for me, well, I guess all my attention was just drawn to physical health and not having an awareness of mental health and what it is and how we can be affected by mental ill health um so just briefly i was as i said it was about 20 21 years of age i did um some work in the mining industry yeah and took that job pretty soon after finishing school um and at the time um was a pretty you know sought after job i'd say um and i guess a big a big pull towards that industry is the money or the, you know, the perceived, mm. um, you know, money that comes from that. Um, so I took that, um, took that on and, and did it for some time and got to a point where I just really wasn't enjoying it, um, at all. And it was, I sort of went through quite a bit of struggle, um, trying to keep myself in the role for some time and kind of got to a point where I thought, no, I can't do this for the rest of my life. And, and there was a lot that played into my um, decision to, to get out of that role at that time. Um, 
But I think right at the crux of that, when I, you know, really put the hammer down and said, no, nah, this is it, that was when mental health sort of became, um, you know, obvious to me or, or mental ill health and how, and how like profoundly it can affect someone. So I went through my own struggles in that time and, you know, have been through struggles since, but I think that was sort of the, the turning point for me. The thing that put it on your radar, like, oh, that, this is, this is something that's real. 100%, 100%. I'd, I'd only heard of it up until that point. I've only heard of challenges with mental health up until that point in my life. Um, and then went through something myself and it really brought to light, you know, how much of a, an issue it is. Um, because it's not something that we can see. Um, and it's only something that, you know, we experience. And with that comes, I think, a lot of um, additional, you know, stigma and challenges of how to get through tough times. So um, since then, I've really pushed for it myself and pushed for advocacy around the topic because I think for men in particular, um, you know, we, we have additional challenges that we, we, we face um, with, you know, stereotyping and stigmas and masculinity and what masculinity is perceived to be. So yeah, definitely. If I can, you know, position myself and use my experience to be able to like open the conversation up to others, um, I'm all about it. Yeah. So great. that's it in a nutshell for me. How about you, mate? What, what sort of put it on your radar? Yeah. So for me, it was kind of along the same lines, similar experience. Um, after high school, I ended up joining the military. I was in the Air Force. And that's kind of, you know, I had a goal of joining, ended up getting getting the job that I kind of had as a goal. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of looked at as like, you know, a pretty um, proud job to, to be. Like it's a well-respected job. Yep. Um, but once I was doing that job... And I kind of started to lose my passion for it. I didn't really, you know, like I was about the same age. I was, I was 19 when I joined. Yep. Um, and I ended up staying for five years before I left. Now, over those five years, I mean, from the ages of 19 to 24, a lot changes. 100%. And I realized I'm not really passionate about this. This isn't really what I want to do. But before that, I'd... Again, like yourself, I didn't really have any experience with mental health. Um, um, The only kind of health I had experience was like physical health. Yep. So, and the other thing about my my role in the military, it was a male-only role. Right. So, I only worked with males. Yep. And we're all kind of a similar similar personality Mm -hmm. because of the nature of the job. Yeah. Um, and because it was an, a male only environment, it was, it's kind of like, you know, you can, the best way I can kind of describe it is it's like a footy team, like the footy bus, mm-hmm. that sort of environment. A lot of alpha males. Yep. And a lot of people, you know, it's the way that society is, is today, it's like, it's like we've grown up as boys that it's kind of, if you show emotion, it's kind of like a we- like weakness. A weakness, yeah. And it's just the way that society is. Yeah. And so as as boys and then growing into men, 
we've gotten we've gotten very good mm. because we've practiced our whole life yep. at not showing emotions. Yeah. Because there's that kind of stigma around being manly. Yeah. And not being kind of feminine and showing emotions. And having like the high paying job that, you know, is the provider. Um and not yeah, like you said, not showing weakness, just being that that tough guy all the time. Yeah. That just gets in and gets it done. Yeah. yeah. So mental health wasn't really spoken about at all at work and not really among your friends or mates or anything because it just wasn't really spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I kind of was having like, you know, doubts about do I really want to do this job and I was just, I just hated going to work. Yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And I was just not really sure like there was no one to really talk to about it. Mm. And I think that situation is very common because of the way we've kind of grown up and the way that society is. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, my experience with that. Um, my experience was much the same. Like, and I know the roles are different, but the mining industry, I think, has its commonalities in, like, it's it's male um, dominant. Yeah. Like roles. Um, that's slowly changing, which I think is great. Um, but you know, at the time that I was going through, I was working mostly with guys. Um, you know, as you said, like before, I think the age bracket of 19 to 24, 25, which is what, you know, the age bracket that I was in at the time, you change so much as a person, you know, in that age bracket as it is, um, you like struggling, you know, to, to find out, you know, where you stand, what your role is, um, what do you stand for and who, who are you as a person? Um, and then you, you know, you throw in challenges of not enjoying something like your job, You've, your satisfaction is, you know, like minimal, if anything. Um, and you've got those those added barriers of not being able to like talk to people mm. and you don't feel as if you can go to someone. Um, it make, It's really tough and it can, it, I think, easily put people in a, in a dark place where they feel they've got nowhere to go. Um, for me anyway, that I went through times where I felt like that I I had family to go to um and obviously I was talking to family and and trying to you know access supports the best way I knew how at the time um but when I was at work you know I'd just be beside myself I'd I'd know 100% this is not me um you've got those perceived challenges I think around at the time of what you spoke about before it's like you know, what's everyone else going to think of me if I throw this job in, you know, yeah. and I throw the towel in, um, you know, what a, what's my family going to think of me? You, mm. you kind of externalize and, and you start to, um, ramp up like the consequences of, 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 of throwing it in. Yeah. I think that's important because like you said, you got a job in the mines, it was probably paying pretty well yep. and you managed to get in at a young age, which was pretty, it's a pretty good situation. A lot of people uh, looking from the outside in would think, oh, he's on a pretty good path. Like he's, he's doing pretty well so far for himself. Yep. And so this can happen with family a lot. If you, if you are kind of having second thoughts and want to kind of leave that job, your family don't, they, they might look at that and think, no, he, he can't leave because a lot of people will die for this position. He might not be able to get back into that or whatever. And so they might encourage you to stay. 
because they don't want to see you maybe leave and do another job where you're maybe not earning as much and maybe you regret it. Yep. So they're kind of, they might do that as kind of a protection because they don't want to see you hurt. That's right. Which, but they might not, they, they may not understand um, the whole picture and yep. like similar in my situation, being in the military, in the air force, it's kind of like, well, do I want to leave? Like, mm. Any, any, because I know most of my family wouldn't want me to leave. Yeah, and people are looked 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 at me like that's you know that's a good job you can you can spend your whole life you can build it like a good career in there. Yeah, and I was well aware of that. I was like, I could just you know I'm pretty set if I just stay in here and do you know maybe maybe sidetrack to a different job. Yeah, but. You know, it was kind of like it just. You had in the end, it's like it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. No, it's your happiness. That's right. Is the main thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything that makes it worse in that moment, or everything that kind of puts that doubt in your mind, is like external. In a sense, it was for me anyway. Like I knew one hundred percent in within myself that I needed to be out of that job. Yeah. But it was made the decision um, and the circumstances were made so much harder because of because of what others would have thought. Um, so mo- trying to move forward a little bit. So once you made that decision to to discharge from the military mm. um, and get yourself out, yeah. What what could you? I mean, what did you learn from that? Looking back, how did you feel once you'd made that decision? Well. So it was about when I made that decision, that was about two and a half years ago. Yep. So in those two and a half years, mm-hmm. looking back at it now, yep. it was the best decision ever. Yep. Because I mean, I've learned a lot since then. And like, at, like at the time I was like a big barrier was kind of not really talking to many people about it mm-hmm. and maybe talking to a few people, but most of the time was just in my head yeah. thinking of like scenarios and coming up with plans and like, okay, this will be my plan. And then if that doesn't work, this will be another plan. Yeah. But it took longer than I, longer than it should have because mm-hmm. I didn't really seek my, uh, any help. Any help. Yeah. Um, but a big thing I've learned is, I kind of learned this at the time. This kind of helped me make the decision, but no amount of money mm-hmm. is worth your mental health. 100%. So like I would like it doesn't matter how much you earn. Mm. If you're not happy yep. in your life or whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you earn. No. And I think that's an issue when people are, are choosing careers or jobs. Yeah. The first thing they look at is how much money can I earn doing this job? How much money can I earn doing this job? Yeah. And then uh, after they look at the the salary, then they think, okay, these ones I'd be happy earning. Yeah. Now let's dive more into the jobs, which is not the right approach. No. People should be looking at what are the hours I'm going to be working doing this career? Yeah. Or like where am I going to have to live doing this? Can I get a job where I want to live mm-hmm. doing this kind of work? Yeah. Those are the things that people should be looking at Yeah. rather than, going straight at how much am I going to earn doing this career or in, you know, this job or whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a, a, what I've learned as well. Like, um, is 
as you've just said, like I think a lot of people look from the outside in when they when they're looking for a job. So they mm. the outside. What I mean by that is like they'll look at the salary, um, they'll look at like the lifestyle that they think they'll get from that, and then they go into the role, which then influences like the internal. So then influences how they feel about it. So as opposed to working the other way. So like trying to figure out what you you know what what do you really stand for, um, and what. Um, what are you you truly passionate about and then trying to work to the outside to like look what you know see what that might look like in a nine to five yeah definitely um i want i've got some stats here i want to throw out yeah before we kind of before we move on yep so first one over sixty-five thousand australians make a suicide attempt hold on i think i've read this wrong it's all right. We'll, we'll roll with I'll it. I'll reread that. <laughs> Over 65,000 Australians made a suicide attempt in 2018. Mm-hmm. Men die by suicide 3.56 times more often than females mm-hmm. in 2018. That's three and a half times as much. Yeah. That's yeah. It's crazy, right? That's crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. More than 3,000 Australians died by suicide in 2017. Suicide is the leading cause of death for Australians between 15 and 44 years of age. That's crazy. Leading cause of death. More than like motor accidents or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I I mean, um, yeah, the statistics are absolutely bonkers and i think when we talk like more about when we talk specifically about um like suicide the rates are you know much much worse um for males um for like i think some of the reasons we've we've touched on and spoken Mm. about and that like macho culture and that like you know toughen up toughen up mentality um that kind of just suppresses emotions Mm. it's like Um, looked at as like showing emotions or feelings is looked at like like a like it's weak or like kind of feminine yeah and males don't want to act feminine at all yeah and showing emotions is seen as feminine which is like we're all human we all experience the same emotions yeah yet for some reason males are just um are kind of grown up in mm this society that makes them not want to show emotions. Yeah. It's just just from a young age that's built into them. And through a whole lifetime of practicing that, it just stays with them throughout manhood and their whole life pretty much. Yeah, that's it. And I think like, um, we've taught, we've spoken about work as a big example, you know, of of just based on our experiences as like a trigger for mental ill health Mm. and how like workplace cultures can like contribute negatively to that depending on where you are. Cause I think that's what we've both experienced. So that's, yeah, they're both of us had kind of similar experiences. Yeah. Um, through work, through work. Yeah. And then, but I mean, mental ill health can be triggered by, you know, a number of things. relationships. Exactly. You know, a- anything outside yeah, you know, of work. Like family tragedy, um, you know, if it's not processed properly, there's a whole bunch of things, mm. you know, that can trigger it for people. Um, but 
<clears throat> you know, and but I think for guys in particular, and when you talk about those statistics, um, work is a is a big one, um, because we've got that that culture of like we need to be the provider, um, we need to just you know roll into work at six or seven in the morning, you know, pull in a paycheck and do it again over and over and over, and you know I see it. I saw it when I was working in the mines. I'm sure you have seen it in the past and continue to see it now. Like, you know, you've got guys that you know, like, are miserable, you know, in their roles. And and this is this can apply to females as well, but I think it's like a it's, you know, profoundly a problem for males. But you know that there's some issues going on there, but you know, they just choose to suppress it and put that mask on. Definitely. As you've spoken they about feel, they'll they feel trapped. Completely. Yeah, and they, they just feel trapped. They don't know how to, you know, express their how they're feeling, and and I think that can come across in, in so many ways. It could be, you know, it could be like behaviour, could be violence, it could be, um, like alcohol, could be drugs. It could, you know, and and I think it we express it in a number of ways, or a lot of men do, um, to really like just mask you know mm. those deeper issues or escape or just escape from whatever everything yep. if if you know if they're unhappy at at home or work or both yeah you abusing substances can you know provide an escape mm-hmm. when there seems to be no other real option yeah to escape that you know the anxiety or the stress or whatever 100 percent. yeah and i think for a lot of guys that that can just be a cycle that'll be ongoing. And a lot of guys just live their lives like that. Um, and a lot of people might live their lives like that. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be men. But um, I think for men in particular, when things get to like crisis point, when it comes to their mental health, it's either you, it's either, you know, it's just, you can't see it coming. And, you know, they they might, you know, just go out and get blind rotten drunk one night. They'll pass out. They'll overdose on drugs, and and you know, on the worst end of that, they'll they'll suicide. Yeah, I um, think that's important. Actually, a lot of the times, I haven't, like, thankfully, I haven't experienced any any close um, people that I know that have um, taken their own life. But quite often, you hear that it's just unexpected. So they. So quite often the signs and symptoms mm. of poor mental health, yeah, there is none. Mm. I think bec- I think that's because of what we spoke about before. Because we're so males are so good at hiding it, yeah, because they've kind of hidden it from their like their whole life. They're good at hiding it, yeah, and I think that's why they're good at hiding the the signs and symptoms. So mm. that's kind of yeah. There's usually you can't tell mm. from. There's no, yeah, it's, 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 I think, really, really hard to identify with um, because guys in particular that express it through other means mm. that might not appear as an issue. Yeah. You know. Um, Going back on that um, uh, that trapped feeling. Yep. I've seen this before and I know, I know more than one occasion where this has been the case. A lot of, a lot of people can feel trapped yeah based off you know they've got mouths to feed they might have a family mm-hmm. so they can't just leave their job and be unemployed yeah because they've got a mortgage to pay or they've got you know food they've got to put on the table so 
them leaving their job, it's a much higher risk. So a lot of the times that risk is like not worth the, you know, they might leave their job and they might get a job that doesn't pay as much and they're going to struggle and they might be in the same position. Yeah. Again, unhappy, but now Mm. they're earning less. Yeah. And so they're like, well, do I leave this job? Mm. You know, is the grass greener on the other side? It might not be. Yeah. And also, can I even get a job? Yeah. You know, Mm. I think that's a trap that a lot of people are in. Because as well, if you, you know, yeah, I've seen that before. People don't want to leave because, you know, you got to pay the bills, you got to put food on the table. Yeah. And that's a that's a trap that is hard to escape. You've got to kind of weigh up the risks and like, well, mm. what are my options? Like, you struggle to like envision what your life's going to look like if you did make that decision. And mm. then, you know, that can also add to like the doubt anxiety and the anxiety <laughs> and, and the fear of doing that. Yeah. Did you, in your experience, did you have, did you have that in any sort of way? And then obviously you've made the decision and you made some changes. What was it like looking back? Did so, it work? I actually identified that my situation, because I, I saw this, people that were 10, 15 years older than me in my job yep. that also wanted to leave. Yep. There was, it was a common thing. There was a lot of people doing the same role I was doing that wanted to leave. Yep. But a lot of them were in that same trap. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I don't have a partner. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Mm-hmm. If I'm gonna leave and be unemployed, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna have to do it now while I'm young, and I don't have to support anyone. So that kind of that was one of the reasons I made the decision I made. If like if I, I could have just stalled on the decision and done another five years, yeah. But then I'm you know who who knows I might be in a different position then and not be able to leave, and then I might be in that trap. Yeah. So I kind of thought if I'm going to be unemployed, mm. I've got to do it now while I'm young yep. and, you know, can live cheap and don't have to pay a mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think um, in the people that I've spoken to, like just in passing on this topic, like the first bit of advice that I'll, that I'll give, like particularly if the person, as you said, is young, don't, doesn't have a mortgage, don't have kids, don't have, they're not tied down by, by other, you know, commitments and responsibilities i just encourage them to make change like sooner rather than later because Mm. as you said like you see so many people get stuck in the trap um and you know it doesn't make it impossible to make change but it makes it harder and there's more that that has to go into it because you know it's realistic that people you know have houses to pay off have kids to feed and have to put you know food on the table so um, you know, if you're, if you're young, um, like just do it, you know, if it doesn't feel right, make some changes while you can and try and find that thing that, you know, really gets you going and, you know, and motivates you to want to get up in the morning. Um, that's, you know, that's, I think the best advice that I can provide based on my own experience. So, mm. yeah. I think what's also, what's related to that, that kind of trap is the, getting a job and then getting a promotion Mm -hmm. and then maybe stepping up and slowly over the years, slowly starting to earn more and more. Yeah. And what happens? You're, you start to spend more. Yeah. You just match it. Yeah. And then if you're not careful, you end up just 
the more you earn, the more you spend. It's, that's a really common trap yep. in society today. Mm. And then what happens if you're going to leave that job? Mm. You know, you've got this 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 car loan that you've got to pay, and mm. you've got you might have moved to closer into town, yeah, and you might have started going out for breakfast every weekend, and you might eat out once or twice a week. Yeah, these things that you couldn't afford before, but now you can. Mm. These are just your regular, normal. This is just your weekly routine. Yeah. You're going to have to give those things up, which yeah. a lot of people f- look at that and think, how did I used to live on what I was on at uni? Yeah. Like, it's possible because yeah. you did it when you're at uni. Yeah. Or, you know, so it is possible, but you just get accustomed to your kind of, you move to a more expensive place, you end up paying more rent and yep. you, you end up going out more, that trap. And because you just slowly increase what you're spending, mm. you get used to it. Yeah. And so living without it seems like, oh, there's no way I could not do that or not have this or not have that. That is a difficult thing to do, to go backwards, to yeah. start to earn less. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a difficult thing to do or do you think it's a difficult thing to um, comprehend like when you're, before you've made that decision? Because I think like for me, it's it's hard to imagine how you could step take a step back and like, you know, like you said, um, live on less income to what you are because as we earn more, we start to spend more. Mm. But for, like there's been times in my life where I've, I've earned, I've earned like, you know, let's say we'll, we'll say um, yeah, $1,000 a week just to make it simple. I might have dropped back into a job for uni purposes um, or other commitment purposes where I've dropped down to like $600 a week, for example. Um and when I, when I was earning that $1,000 a week, I'm thinking, how could I potentially, you know, like, you know, how could I earn $400 less a week and, and survive? And some, and somehow you make it work. You make it work. You just absolutely make it work. And then, you know, you'll, you'll get a promotion or you'll take another job and you'll be back up to that $1,000 or, you know, even more. Um, and then you can't comprehend how you lived on $600 a week. It's, it's nuts. I think it's, um, I think it puts it into sp- it puts it into perspective how um, how much you take things for granted when you all of a sudden say have a car with whatever electric windows aircon and then you go you end up driving a car with no aircon yep it's like the worst thing ever it's like I can't believe I took aircon for granted yeah this is horrible yeah but like it's if you're used to that, you're used to it, and yeah. you get you just take things for granted. So when you actually, when you do have to drop back your expenses, mm. you you're then grateful for the things that you miss. Hundred percent. And then once you do end up getting back up and getting those things again that you used to have, you you don't take it for granted anymore. Yeah. Because you've experienced it, and then you've lost it, and then you you've experienced it again. So that kind of is all part of growing mm. and learning from you know mistakes and experiences and. Mm-hmm. You know, if like if you're worried about, you know, going backwards, like leaving a job and moving backwards, it could be the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. Because you learn from those experiences. Yeah, completely. You learn from all that. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. You 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 take a step backwards in terms of income, but you t- I think you take a massive step forward in as you said what you're grateful for and mm. and what you appreciate. 
going forward and you become that you know you become a better person for it mm. that's um, actually what my tattoo behind my ear means is it so, so it's an arrow for you guys listening who can't see it yeah it's an arrow and what that means is for an arrow to be shot forward it's got to be pulled back yeah so you've got to take a few steps backward yeah to then take steps forward there you go yeah that's yeah that's it's awesome it's a great like metaphor and i think like it applies to what we're talking about also to, like applies to so many other things um in life you've got to you know experience the lesser to be able to like really appreciate and be grateful for when times are good mm. um all right i want to talk quickly um I want to talk what quickly. Time are we at? I can't see the time, by the we're way. We're just over thirty minutes. Cool. So we're going. We're going all right for time. I just want to talk really quickly about um, looking after yourself to mm. better look after others, um, because I think there's a lot of people out there that give good advice, but don't, um, or or have good intentions to give good advice, but aren't necessarily looking after themselves. Um, so. In terms of mental health, um, I mean, my take on this is to, like, I'm not going to say to someone, you know, you need to work on yourself or you need to do this, this and this to better your mental health. I need to do it myself. Um, And then from my experiences, I think I can, like, be more informed to help others. Um, What are your, what are your thoughts? Are you sort of on the same page? Yeah, definitely. I um, I can't remember if this is a quote or something, but I have like uh kind of a a line in my head that i that i come back to every now and then and it goes something like in before you help others you have to help yourself yeah because if you if if you're not healthy and if you're not kind of um mentally um like if your judgment is kind of cloudy and foggy and you don't have motivation, yep. how can you help others if you can't help yourself? Yeah. But if you focus on yourself and help yourself, then you will have the energy and the motivation to then help others. Yeah. So if if you if you are someone who truly wants to help others mm-hmm. and that's just your calling, that's your passion. Yeah. Help yourself first. Yeah. Because you have to be healthy and you have to be um, – you need to be, I think – You need to have energy to help yourself before you help others because if you don't have any energy yourself, yeah. you have nothing to give to others. You can't help others. Or if you're if you're giving all your energy to other people and leaving nothing for yourself, yeah. then that's the wrong approach. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, since – and the, the listeners um, of the Connect and Rise podcast will know this, but I'm like working as a, a – my qualified occupational therapist at the moment um and you know finished uni and i've been out working for a couple of years and um i've recently just run a, a self-care like mental health management workshop um for therapists at work um and the analogy or the metaphor that i use is and it relates to what you've just spoken about is we've only got so much in our cup to give each and every day and like especially in healthcare and regardless of where you are, but I think particularly when you're working with, you know, vulnerable populations um, where they're relying on you, you're like, you're pouring so much of, you know, that water in, in your own cup out each day in, in the work that you're doing um, and giving, giving, giving to others. And if you don't replenish that cup and do things that fill your cup, you've got nothing left to give. Like you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm, I like that. Um, and then the ways that, you know, we can fill our cup is 
um, you know, there's, there's so many different ways, but I mean, for the purposes of the presentation, I broke it down into, into physical forms of self-care, um, spiritual, uh, emotional and, um, and we, and workplace related practices that we can implement. And I mean, there's cool. more, there's more to that. Um, and you know, we've, we, I think we've both done episodes, you know, that people can draw on to like, you know, take in practices that they can mm. do to fill their own cup. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, a good way of looking at it. You need to be, some might think it's selfish in looking after yourself and taking time to yourself. But I think when it, particularly when it comes to mental health, um, you know, look after your own backyard before you, you know, look at someone else's. So yeah, definitely. That's a good message. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk briefly about social media or are we going to, that, that could be a whole nother kettle of fish. It could. Yeah. Do well, you want let's, to, let's talk, let's just talk about where people can find out information and stuff. Perfect. I don't, I don't know too much about these, but I know there's the black dog Institute. Yep. Um, do you know any others? Yeah, so Black Dog Institute and Beyond Blue are the two are the two big um, yeah. online like support networks that people or anyone can go to, mm. and both have um, free like um, support and access over the phone. So there's there's hotlines there that you can contact if you need someone to talk to. Yeah, um, and particularly if you're in crisis, um, they're the two big ones and Lifeline as well sorry i've just forgotten that so lifeline black dog institute and beyond blue um friends and family i think shouldn't be like underestimated and undervalued in 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 how much they can offer um look to your friends that you know you can truly you know can confide in i think um and feel open to like opening up in Mm. front of you they're more like friends and family are usually more than happy to talk about this stuff but it's just they won't reach out first mm. because quite often it's not like we spoke about before. Yeah. You can't, you don't know when someone's, mm. you know, the signs and symptoms don't show at yeah. all. So they're not going to reach out first, but they're quite happy to talk about this stuff. Yeah. Usually, you know, like families and friends and family just all, always want the best for, for you. So I think they're a great support network, but I think for people that, you know, are doing it tough and, and find the courage to, to reach out and talk to someone it's okay to talk to like a third party it's okay just to you know to go to someone like lifeline or or go and see a counselor and go and see someone completely external because sometimes that can be you know i think therapeutic Mm. um in those like initial stages and on just on top of that yep if anyone listening wants to just reach out and have a coffee reach out to me yep however however facebook instagram whatever Mm catch up because i know those those um the phone calls are good yep. and they're awesome they should be your first you know go to first go to but at the end of the phone call you're still there mm. alone yeah so if you want to see someone face to face and just catch up have a chat yeah you know mm. yeah i 100 percent, like being face to face with someone um i think is has its like own benefits and just on that too if someone has the courage and the vulnerability to reach out to you and ask for help wants to catch up for a coffee wants to have a chat over the phone do them do the right thing and check in mm. don't just leave it mm. they could be a complete stranger um and it could be just a once or twice off that you know they have coffee or they have that conversation 
um, you know, do the right thing and, and just check in with them because they've had the decency and, you know, they've, they've had the, the trust in you that, you know, you're going to be, you're going to give them that safe space. Mm. So I think it's, it's nice to, you know, do that back in a sense. Um, and the other one just really quickly is EAP that I think a lot of people would not. Oh yeah, that's right. Be aware of. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so EAP is uh, stands for the Employee Assistance Program. Yep. And I'm I'm saying this to you. I'm not sure if it's mandatory across all business, um, but most like medium to large employers will have what's called EAP. Um, each employer goes through a different provider. So, but they offer EAP. So it's five or six. Um, employer-funded counselling uh, or psychology sessions um, that all, all employees are entitled to access. Some employers uh, promote it more than others. Um, like my employer at the moment promotes it quite a lot um, yep. and makes it widely known to all employees that they have access to this as part of their employment. Um, if you're doing it tough financially or you don't, you know, you don't have that extra cash there to go and, you know, spend... Um, on a psychologist or an external support, if you feel you need that, EAP is like a really, really good like option and avenue to access. Um, and it it's your rights, you know, as an employer to access that. So speak up and ask the question if it's not promoted because it, it is offered at most workplaces. Mm, so check out if that is offered at your workplace. I think it is at mine at, uh, at the council. I'm yeah. pretty sure it is. It should, should be. I yeah. think there's something in there as well. I don't know too much about it. Yeah. But... I think there's a leave donation. Yeah. So if you're a part of the program, you can donate leave and that leave can be given to people who kind of need it, who don't have leave, Yeah. Okay. who just who need leave for whatever reason. So they have that in place at the council. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's, that's what cool. it is. I'll yeah. have to look into it more though, but yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good incentive because it's like people looking after each other, mm. you know. Um, no, that's awesome. Guys... Um, I think that pretty well wraps it up for today. Yeah, let's wrap it up there. Yeah, cool. Um, I mean, it's it's been heap awesome to have this chat with you. Like we said at the start, like it's not. I don't think the conversation around mental health is had enough. Mm. Um, and I think for this episode anyway, we've like spoken broadly. Yeah. About it. Yeah. And just touched on our experiences and why you know we advocate for it. Um, but this, I think, there's so much more that we could talk about specific to you know men yeah for example um and i think we'll look at doing that as like another episode and yeah potentially in the future well, yeah you're, you had a good suggestion when we organized this to get a a table um of other guys oh yeah together so yeah, i, think I did actually be... there's a couple other guys in the newcastle area that i know of um that are all about this as well so if you think that's you reach out to us and we can maybe organize something for another episode or another discussion um maybe on a we'll be able to sort something out yeah like that that'd be but, great um, yeah maybe a bigger maybe a few more people yeah to have kind of a discussion on whatever yep. this topic or more specifically men yeah um but yeah cool awesome um you'll be uploading this onto your podcast channel so the yep. listeners will know where to find you yeah um and obviously this will be up on the connect and rise podcast so guys if you enjoyed the episode um as alex said before like shoot us a message get in touch and let us know what you thought about it mm. and if you're here from the high performance path podcast check out the connect and rise podcast likewise get onto it <laughs>
it's got some good stuff all right guys we'll um thanks for listening and um we'll see you soon with the next episode peace all right guys if you enjoyed this please take a screenshot and share it i'd love to see who's listening and also please subscribe and give a rating on itunes sending positive vibes to everyone out there thanks heaps for listening